So there's this word on the street that's trending. Uh-huh. It's called kachi kachi handi. Kachi handi. So it means conversation. And in this case, it means conversations we're too scared to have. Oh, okay. Now I understand. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your patience and welcome back to episode 14 of Kachi Hande. However, because seasons and levels done changed. <laughs> welcome to episode 14 of award-nominated Kachi Hande. Listen, guys, while on a break, which we didn't plan on having, this podcast got nominated for an association of African Podcasters and Voice Artists Award. We are nominated in the health and well um, health and wellness category. Please vote if you haven't voted, because you need to. We need to get this podcast, you know, with an award. But having said that, let's get back to those conversations we're too scared to have. I have two very interesting gentlemen on the show today. I have Jason and Trevor. Welcome, Jason and Trevor, to Kachihande. Hi, Chishimba. Thanks for having us. You are so welcome. You are so welcome. So this episode, I'm going to tell you, is coming from, sorry, a, a curiosity and selfishness perspective. I have recently acquired a niece and a nephew who are mixed race. I want to say congratulations, but I'm a bit afraid because you're acquired. Yeah, I like how you say acquired. <laughs> no, acquired as in somebody else had them for me. They're niece and nephew. <laughs> right? So they are, one of them has a, um, a black dad and mm-hmm. a white mom. The other has a black dad and a mixed race mom. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, me being the aunt that I am, constantly overthinking i've been thinking about like what's their cultural experience going to be what's Mm -hmm. their life experience going to be at the moment they're not they're both not living in in zambia but eventually they'll visit or eventually they will have life experiences with all sides of their families but also like what society expects initially i thought am i really overthinking race lines at this point or has the world evolved or has culture evolved where I see Jason, I see Trevor without wondering like, oh, what's his experience like? Or what's his day-to-day life like? Does he tick one box? Does he have to tick one box? Um, and I think the hope for me after this conversation is some, well, if you will indulge me to ask some of those questions, which I know people have, who are in one box and not the other, um, but also in the hope to sort of enlighten on what the experience is when you are colorful. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) I think a good place to start before you even get into your questions is kind of getting an understanding of how you can be colorful. Right. Okay, so like... Um, Jason, you're, you come from a purely mixed race background, right? Yes. In the sense that your mom and your dad were both mixed. Yes, but uh-huh. not mixed. Uh, they weren't the first generation mixed. They were second right. generation mixed. Uh-huh. So okay. that would make me third generation mixed. And I guess my grandparents uh-huh. would have been uh, first generation mixed. First generation mixed. Yeah. And then, Trevor, you, your dad is black and mm-hmm. your mom is mixed race. Yes, she's colored. Yes, she's mixed race. So, and cause also, maybe even just the name, right? <laughs> let's, yeah, re- let's, before we <laughs> go fast. <laughs> yes. Because sometimes we say mixed race, I sometimes I say mixed race to be polite, right? Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I say mixed race when it's not first generation. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. And yes. then, or, or have I gotten it wrong? Or do we still actually have these labels? Um, we still definitely have the labels. So right. one of the things that is interesting with mm-hmm. being colorful is the way in which you can be colorful. So like, um, like how Trevor has said, <laughs> <laughs> it's very polite. Trevor has said uh-huh. that he is mixed in the yeah. true sense of one race and another race. Yeah. And then I am third generation mixed, but technically not mixed. So in 
Zambia, mm-hmm. um, I technically would be coloured yep. and not mixed. Mm. But if mm. you're in mm. a different part of the world, mm. um, I guess for racial history reasons and also because brown is either mixed or not, or mm. Indian, to mm. be honest, mm. um, colour doesn't really exist outside of maybe sub-Saharan Africa. Mm. At least that's mm. my experience. Mm. So we definitely still have the labels and mixed race and coloured mean different things in Zambia. Mm. So like with just this... What, what are we discussion? Mm. My first question is, when were you first ever aware that you had to be considered something other than what everybody else was? <laughs> Colorful mixed race. Yeah. So okay, sorry. I'll take us back a bit yeah. though, because I think that the mixed race label mm-hmm. and the colored label mm-hmm. kind of go hand in hand. Okay. Um. Because my understanding of mixed race mm-hmm. is... See, we even have to talk understanding. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Is um, either you you come from parents of, you know, two different, two racial backgrounds. Yeah. Or your ancestors were of different um, racial and ethnic backgrounds. Okay. So I think that that fits into the, into the colored description. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah I have I I, I take Rodin, I take Jason's point <laughs> but I, I beg to differ a little okay a little and I think that's interesting yeah. because I I to be honest I stopped using colored when I learned like American history mm-hmm. because of the terminology or, or or the or what colored is associated with in the American context right. mm-hmm. because I started saying term. yes like for them it was it was, and I think maybe it was my interactions with African Americans or mm-hmm. Black Americans um, that made me feel like, oh, maybe so I can't say colored. Mm-hmm. But maybe coming back now to my question is, when was the first time you were, because you had your home setting, right? Where, um, particularly for you, um, Jason, you had people who kind of looked like you. Right. And then when you stepped out of that home setting, when did you first become aware that, oh, wait, people view me differently, maybe? So that's really interesting. And I've never really thought about it um, quite deeply. But mm-hmm. like you say, when I home setting, everybody looked like me. Yeah. Maybe various shades. I yeah. have yes. a yes. family, uh, well, an aunt, who said that colored people are like licorice all sorts because <laughs> we come in all sh- Shades of brown, yes, even in the same family, yeah. Um, so I've always remember being very young and having no difference around my immediate family mm-hmm. or the people necessarily mm-hmm. around me. Mm-hmm. And when I was born, I was growing up in a, I guess, a colored community mm-hmm. in the sense that majority of the households in the neighborhood um, were made up of colored families Uh and I was born in Zimbabwe Mm -hmm. and in Zimbabwe you had I don't know if you still do you had schools designated to particular areas Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which meant that a large majority of my preschool companions Mm -hmm. were also different shades of brown right in the sense of being colored yes um so at that age I didn't really recognize any difference right 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 I don't know if that was the same for you, Trevor. No, mine came mine came early on. Really? Yeah. So, black dad and um, colored mom. Mm-hmm. My mom's my mom's pretty fair in complexion. Mm-hmm. So I think it must have been around. I think I must have been around three or mm-hmm. four years old. Mm-hmm. And I think I remember, from what I remember, it all came about at school, where really? where your friends say to you, "But you're different," right? Okay. So with that, with that in mind, I think one night I asked my mom and dad and I said, because then I started to see, I said, oh, okay, my dad's, my dad's dark mm-hmm. and my mom's light. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I said, I put them, I cast them as black and white. So I said, I asked them one day to say, well, dad, how come you're, you're black, you're mm-hmm. dark, mom, how come you're white and mm-hmm. you're light? Mm-hmm. And then they sat me down and then they explained to me how come that <laughs> the, really? as best as they could why that was the case okay and that's how i started to see race so it was around three four years old because that's early that was quite early yes that's early which means that your 
experience obviously is different. Uh, your Trevor's experience is obviously quite different from Jason's experience. Yeah, because yeah. I I was born here, mm-hmm. and um, I went to school. My I think my first preschool, uh, primary school was uh, some was a school that had make different people, different right. people from different backgrounds, right? But predominantly um, black. Okay. So. I was treated differently because mm. I wasn't you were the like light the, skinned. I was the light skinned mm. guy. Mm. Mm. So everyone picked that out and were like, oh, but you you know, so the chicks like you more. <laughs> maybe, <get> it. <laughs> maybe. I think we'll they did to that. So no, 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 no. So because, no, I say this because <laughs> there was a boy in my neighborhood. Uh-huh. It was just easier to choose him. Uh huh. He was light skinned. He was light skinned. And his hair was like <laughs> So so yeah, that was my experience. And I remember I vividly remember one thing though. Mm-hmm. The night when I asked him about it, I sat down in between them. Mm-hmm. Like I put my, my arms you out next to him. As a three year old. My dad was so here dramatic. and I was like, Oh, dad, me, <laughs> mom, me. I was like, and how come I'm not I'm, I'm not, like I'm like mm. I'm not your shade, dad, I'm not your your shade, mom, but I'm somewhere in between. Right. And then they explained it to me. And I've seen on the internet people use like milk and coffee to explain to a child like why your shade is. Yeah. Mm. So you almost had that. This is coffee. This is Mm -hmm. milk and this is you. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's interesting. What's really interesting for me is that's never happened. I've never Mm. had a conversation about why are you colored? Mm. It's just been. And I guess that comes from having, um, in fact, my almost my entire immediate family Mm. up to now. Mm. Yeah is made up largely of just colored people who have then married colored people who have had colored children. And so to a very large degree, nobody's had that conversation. Mm. And I don't even know if my family members who have had children with other races, with Mm. Indians or with white people or with black people, Mm. have had that conversation with their children. Mm. Mm. So which means that for you um, then, um, Jason, you, because maybe the, Precursor to that is, um, for Trevor, it sounds as though there was boxes that he saw. Mm. Like, there is black, there is white, and then there is me somewhere in the middle. Mm. Whereas because your community looked like you, your family looked like you, you kind of just kept going. Absolutely. But did you... So it means that for you, there was never really... And as you said, your family has never had to have the discussion with you. When you went outside of what was a community that looked like yours, did you ever find that you had your first racial categorization difference? Yes, but not, oddly, from a different race. The categorization came within the colored community. So when the family moved to to Zambia and moved Mm -hmm. into Lusaka, Mm -hmm. um, we, as I guess was the norm back then, mm-hmm. um, moved into, again, a community full of colored people. Mm-hmm. So in particular, mm-hmm. we lived in a complex of apartments and there were around nine apartments. Every mm-hmm. single one of them was filled with colored people. Really? Yeah. And across the road, there was another complex and all those apartments were filled mm-hmm. with colored people. Mm-hmm. There was one family that was mixed with a black father, white mm-hmm. mother, and the children, of course, were, yeah. were mixed race or colored. Mm-hmm. Um, and... We were at different age ranges in that period. And the older kids more particularly and some of the younger adults Mm -hmm. um, would talk about being goffle and (laughs) identifying that you are goffle or we are goffles and we don't behave in a particular way or we are of a particular class or a Mm -hmm. particular grouping. Mm. Um, So the categorization of my race Mm -hmm. came from within my race. Right, right. Okay, but do you think that came from a sense of trying to create a community? And I say that because so prior to us starting to record, you sort of spoke to me about like pre-colonial times mm. where um, colored children were taken from their, their parents. parents and yeah. put in particular type of communities. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that experience for you was kind of based on, and not necessarily from a from a segregatory perspective but from a this is who we are therefore let us create a culture for ourselves or a I think a space you're definitely given it more depth than I think anyone that did it thought about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do think that um, so perhaps starting with the colonial times mm-hmm. and 
I guess, early post-colonial times. The history, as far as I've been led to understand by my grandparents and stuff, is mm -hmm. where a child was born to a um, black mother or a white mother mm -hmm. and had a different race father, that mm -hmm. child was then taken away from those parents mm -hmm. who at the time... Um, I believe weren't allowed to get married and weren't allowed to live together sorry, in any I'll, event. Yes, mm -hmm. that, and I'll, I'll back him up on that because mm -hmm. that is the. Um, sorry to chip in, but no that worries. is the that is the exact experience that my great grandfather had mm -hmm. on my my mom's side. Really? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so he was born to a white father mm -hmm. and a black mother, mm -hmm. and he was taken away from them. Really? His his. British father mm -hmm. was sent away, mm -hmm. sent out of sent out of Northern Rhodesia at the mm -hmm. time, mm -hmm. and then his black mother was just somewhere in the the village that mm -hmm. she that she came from, mm -hmm. and he was taken to he was sent to school to a boarding school for, which was I think primarily for or if not only exclusively for mixed race people, yeah, really? in Southern Rhodesia, mm. and he grew up there, yeah. So what it was um, is the kids were taken and then put into this orphanage. And the mm -hmm. orphanage was, was run it, yeah. by a um, a church or missionaries. Mm -hmm. And the missionaries uh, were generally sisters and had a priest that used to head the missionary or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So the orphanage was exclusively for mixed race children that were taken away from um, their parents because they couldn't grow up with mm -hmm. either of them. Mm -hmm. And so the those communities grew from these orphanages right, because right. as Trevor said those children in the orphanage then went into schools and then from the schools they went into this whole experience of life mm. and all they knew were each other right so there's a large um I suppose all deceased now but mm. even um some may still be alive there's a large group of people who don't either know who their parents were or can't trace really? their roots mm -hmm. because to a large degree the children who were taken weren't mm. really if they were documented perhaps those documents weren't as um, mm. properly maintained or whatever mm. it is mm. so a lot of the second third and fourth generation colors as i understand them mm. that we can't trace our ancestral lines so far back as to be able to identify where are our black um, mm. family members and who are our white or non-black mm. family members. Okay. So the community that you're talking about as to whether the decision was to build this community, I don't think it was an active decision. decision. Mm. I think it was generally as a result of the way in which the children were separated then yes. grew up and yes. a lot of the um, Southern Rhodesian and Northern Rhodesian mm. experiences mirrored to a large degree um, the South African experience mm. around what type of jobs you could and right. couldn't get. Right. right. And I know this takes us into Trevor's favorite topic mm -hmm. around <laughs> yes. where the coloreds are old mechanics. <laughs> but <laughs> the stereotype. Exactly. <laughs> but because you could get these type of jobs yeah. and also because these are the people you knew, we married into each other yes. and then yes. created these communities yes. almost by default. Yes. Um, so not actively. Yeah. So because I, I always found um, an I grew up obviously in the night. Trevor's from like what the two thousands because you know it's five. <laughs> <laughs> but from the perspective, like I, I grew up seeing um, some couples where like the it was mostly the, like the dad that was white and then um, a black mom, but then there were then also colored communities, mm. and I always thought that. Um, the, the colored communities kept together because they were building some sort of like, this is our culture, right? And and it was because at a time, I remember, and I don't even know, now I don't remember where I first heard this, to say like, oh no, but they need to create a community for themselves because white people don't see them as white and then black people kind of don't see them as black. So mm -hmm. rather than wanting to fit into mm -hmm. one community over another, they're like, ah, to hell with it. Have We're a going community. to have our own, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But hearing that, I can almost see like it came from a bad place, but then I would almost understand if they were like, then let's stick to each other because yeah. we don't know our black side, neither do we know our white side. Right. And I think people generally tend to gravitate to familiarity. Right, yes. Mm -hmm. And familiarity, not just necessarily in terms of skin color, but mm -hmm. familiarity in terms of um, 
history, in mm. terms of shared experiences, mm. in terms of shared opportunities. Mm. And because of that history, and I know we're talking several decades ago now, mm. but because of that history, I think the those children gravitated towards each other for those type of reasons mm. and mm. then built these communities mm. out of which different children were born and who married into mm. each other because, mm. again, familiarity mm. and um, proximity and so forth. And eventually led to the point where we had, and I don't know if we still have, but any actual colored areas in inverted mm. commas. Mm. So and, Luc- culture, and a culture of, of its own as well. Absolutely. Mm. And so I know that uh, Hillcrest in Ndola mm. and Thorn Park in Lusaka mm. were mm. traditionally colored areas. My grandmother grew up in Thorn Park. I know. <laughs> I we'll get to that. Because I have questions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you just... It it happens. You you build this community mm. and you build this culture and you build this identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I want to ask you, um, Trevor, because your dad um, is black and then your mm-hmm. mom is mixed race. Do you think either had a stronger influence over how you saw yourself? Yes, I I think so. Okay. My mom. Okay, because she was the primary caregiver or because your shade was closer to hers? (laughs) Um, Maybe because it's the category that everybody put me, that everybody else put me in. Right, So everyone was like, uh, but you're not black, you're mom, right? Right, right. And look at how you look as well. Right, okay. So I think that with that, I then started to just naturally gravitate to that that side of your family and and sort of and identifying as that as well right okay. i grew up around her family i think a lot more than my dad's family okay um okay. and i think that happens with all with all mothers as well mm-hmm. um and it also just it kind of to a large extent felt like the community that you just that you belong to where you find the sense of belonging mm. right mm. and yeah that's how i found myself i guess gravitating more, more yeah. feeling more so but like what I'm a part of that what was the experience with your dad's side of the family so with 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 them it was i think they were very neutral okay okay mm. okay they they never brought up they never brought up race okay yeah they never brought up race it's just what i remember is my late grandmother my mm paternal grandmother Mm -hmm. she would try and use our traditional language around us okay and make sure that we know it okay because she wasn't she wasn't happy that we were growing up my dad never used that in the house right right so we all grew up speaking english and the Mm -hmm. likes right Mm -hmm. and i think also also grew up knowing more of my mom's mother's traditions so my dad's traditions and the likes were very you know on the on the Mm -hmm. low on the hush yeah so my maternal my paternal grandmother wasn't uh, I think too pleased about that. So ah, she, okay. she always tried to use mm. traditional language with mm-hmm, us, mm-hmm. but it never stuck. Of course, because <laughs> you have more of your, and and I think sometimes that is like the attitude of the side that doesn't have as much influence. Right. They somehow always feel like this is your culture. Oh yes, you should. Oh yes, you should, and. You and I were having a separate discussion about what it would be like, like getting married. Mm-hmm. Do you think you would have to go through the traditional, the traditional thing because your dad is? No, no, I, I, I wouldn't have to go through it. Right. So he's and and the, and again, the thing is that even though so he's black, yes, mm-hmm. but he's not very traditional. Traditional, okay. And his side of the family were never very traditional, which is right. why I say they were very neutral. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Do you identify your black side? I do. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you no, mean? no, no, no. So when what I do you so, mean? Do you so identify no, no, your no. black side. So Tell when me. I say that, uh-huh. I mean like, would you want your kids to speak your dad's language? Oh yes. Really? If, yeah. If if I if even though you can't, even though I can't, so I I I'd, I'd love to learn how to speak it, right? Okay. And um, I I, it's a it's a part of me that I'm extremely proud of. Okay. 
And I sometimes feel ashamed that I can't speak that. And right. it's my, essentially, it's my language. Mm, mm. So I, I think I, I take pride in both, in, in the heritage that I have on mm, both sides of my mm, family. Mm, mm. Um, okay. Both sides of my family, so. Okay, because remember, you and I were having a conversation with an older gentleman that was... Um, it was mixed, mixed race, race. As and well. he said that in his more formative years, mm. he really pushed the black side. Mm. Right. Um, but I think he was he grew up in the in the UK, and obviously there were racial tensions there during like the what did what I don't want to make him sound older than he is. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say seventies, let's seventies, eighties, nineties. Let's yeah, give him a big somewhere there, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was such that. He he saw that what he was definitely not seen as as white, mm-hmm. so he really pushed this like, I am a black man yeah. sort of agenda. So it's interesting for me to hear you say, yes, you'd want your kids to speak. Mm. So what's also really interesting is there's a girl I know. Um, mm-hmm. I say girl, she's in her thirties now, mm-hmm. so a lady I know, mm-hmm. um, who is mixed race in the similar style to Trevor, where mm-hmm. her father is black and mm-hmm. her mother is mixed race. Mm-hmm. And when I met her, she mm-hmm. used her mother's surname. Oh, okay. And at some point later on on social media, she changed it to her okay. father's surname. Okay. So, and now bear in mind, I have, I have, parents, a, few, I have a few cousins like that. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Are still married. They were never separated. She so, chose to use her mother's surname. And I don't know, but can only speculate it was necessarily to gravitate towards more, more the white mm, side. That, and that's the case. I, f- I feel like a lot of colored people, right, mm-hmm. um, want to be identified more with the white side. Okay. And my the explanation that I've come up with mm-hmm. is that that's because of the privileges that white people had in right. African in, in African society right. during colonial times. Right. 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 And and I guess maybe I'd term it as white the whole white privilege. Right. Thing, right? right. So the closer you are, mm-hmm. the lighter you are, the right. more you look right. white. Yeah. It's like the better you the the, the, the better the treatment that right. you got. Right? right. Right. So I think that a lot of colored people, whatever generation they are, first, second, third generation, mm-hmm. want to be seen as being more white than anything else. Okay. Okay. And I don't know. I think it within with often within themselves, they just feel better that way. Okay. Yeah. And I think a point that you touched on around the mm-hmm. older gentleman was yeah. also really interesting. So Trevor's experience and my experience uh, growing up has obviously um, been around growing up in Zimbabwe and Zambia. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this gentleman's experience was growing up in the UK. Yes. And in the UK, the designations of color are white and black, black mm. Indian and mm. so forth. Mm. You, but now they have mixed. mixed. Now they have mixed. Now right? they have mixed. And mm-hmm. perhaps at the time they didn't. Have yeah. And, that, yeah. and he said that actually. Yeah, they didn't. He said at, yeah. at the time it was just yeah. either one or yeah. the other. Black mm. or white. Mm-hmm. And you can be white only if you are white. Yes. And then if you are not white, therefore mm. you must be black. Mm. And I think mm. that would have definitely colored his mm. experience yes. and his self perception and mm. self-identification, mm. Mm. which is not something that I have had to do in Zambia. Yes, yes. And I was going to ask you because you you have done like some traveling. Yeah. Do, does, does, does it change depending on where you are? And Absolutely. does it affect, I don't want to say how you see yourself, but does it affect, so say for example, in the, in the US mm. where there is no, Mixed race, or there's no colored, right? And I think you would be considered black. Absolutely. Oh yeah, and I was. D- does that does that trigger anything? So what's really interesting, if you're talking about the U.S., so I went mm-hmm. to the U.S. for the first time as an adult, probably about four or five years ago, mm-hmm. and I was dating someone at the time, mm-hmm. and she's white, mm-hmm. and so we went, and our experiences were very. Not different necessarily, but mm-hmm. I felt a greater sense of awareness of my mm-hmm. color. Mm-hmm. And it's stuff that happened in South Africa when I used to live there for school several mm-hmm. several years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's small stuff, yeah. like people watching you more closely when you walk around mm-hmm. the store. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so she and I would walk into a store together mm-hmm. 
And if she walked in before me, it was all, hey, how are you doing, et cetera, et cetera. Can mm-hmm. I get you a table or can mm. I get you some help? Mm. If I walked in first, it was generally like, hi, can we help you? Do you have a reservation? Where are you going? Mm. And I may have been more sensitive to it, mm-hmm. um, but it was so nuanced that it was impossible to ignore but mm-hmm. hard to point out if someone asked. Mm, mm, and mm. so that was the experience with uh, America. Traveling within Europe was very, very different. Mm-hmm. So traveling and living in uh, the UK was relatively easy. I think the yeah. classification and identification of mixed people, mm. particularly now in the last decade, mm. has made it such that it almost is irrelevant. Right, um, yeah, yeah. You definitely, I didn't feel a sense of racial prejudice mm-hmm. in most areas and around right. most people. Right, yeah. right. Honestly speaking, did you want to be like, I am not black. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't treat me sketchy. No, and I say that because like, I can imagine, and I told you about this, a friend of mine who's mixed race brother went to the US mm. and, uh, you know, found out that he's black. Yeah, and he wanted to tell everyone, <laughs> and he, I'm, not black. I'm not black. And 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 it sounds strange because he has grown up, yes, in a mixed race family, right? Where and I I say mixed race because his sister and his mother are black, his dad is white, and he is um colored. Yeah. Then he went to the U.S. and he was not colored; he was black, <laughs> and. He experienced that sort of thing, like, oh, no, but why do you want to check your bl- my bag? And someone wants to be like, oh, no, um, so you're living a stereotype? Son. And he, <laughs> she was like, we genuinely had not prepared him to know that someone will consider you as just black. Yeah, mm, depending on where you are. Yeah. 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 So did I ever know? Fortunately, in the very many years that I was in the UK and both mm. living and traveling, mm. um, being identified as black never ever came up. I was okay. often identified as mixed race, and where I wasn't, I was identified mm. as Arab, which was interesting. Oh yeah, I've <laughs> I've, I've been identified as Arab. <laughs> yeah. That was I lived, interesting. I lived in the Middle East. Oh, well. yeah. See, so okay, now I want to go and just briefly discuss stereotypes, right? Mm. Because. Favorite favorite topic. <laughs> I remember and I remember growing up hearing things like, no, let's start with the good one because we had discussed this. I've just always felt like colored people, particularly colored women, are good at making chili and chutney. <laughs> and that they are the women cook. And that's why whenever I encounter a mixed race girl who can't cook, I'm like, ah. <laughs> what happened? What went wrong? Yeah. So, well, where know, did it go wrong? <laughs> I'm happy to accept that one because I'm like, I don't know a colored girl in my life that can't cook. Yeah, yeah, right? All my colored aunties can make chutney. Exactly. (laughs) Same. Right? But then, and and look, it's it's good on those ends, but then you were talking about like um, colored guys and mechanics. For sure, I think Mm -hmm. they're in certain communities. Mm -hmm. If a mixed race guy was like, let me check your bonnet, I'll let him. Mm -hmm. Because... You, you you're trust. just good with cars. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> true. But has that ever affected, because obviously you are white collar in your professions. Yeah. But have you had to almost explain, and I use, a, you know, a quotation marks, breaking out of the, the cultural. Stereotype? Yes. 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 I, I did. I think all the time during law school, mm-hmm. I had people come up to me at different points and say, but you're different. How come, <laughs> how come you're did doing, you make it past? how did you make it past this? Really? And, you know, I was just like, well, this is what I'm interested in. <laughs> and um, also there were, there were some colored people who, some colored friends that I have who tried to talk me out of carrying on with university. Really? Yes. One said to me one day, he's like, no, look, what you need to focus on here is a graft so that you can make. Because it's a skill, right? Yeah, you that's make like, money. Right. Like focus on making sheets. Yeah. Otherwise, this thing you're doing here at school, it's, going, it's not going to take you anywhere. Wow. <laughs> Did you have that experience, Jason? Um, yes, to a large degree. The experience for me was a little bit different, though, because I think Mm -hmm. I showed a degree of excellence in school that was above standard for all 
grade regardless of color um, because I went to government schools and they grade you the same. Mm -hmm. And as a result, there was an expectation that I would go to university and I would get a white collar job and I would be able to do a job different than colored people. So while I did not have the experience of anyone saying you should focus on not doing this, Mm. it was rather an expectation that you would do it on account of being different. Kachihande is recorded and produced by Vibecast Podcast Network. Vibecast ZM is Zambia's premier podcast network. Get in touch with Vibecast on 0979-591899 or email production at vibezm.com. You can also search for Vibecast ZM on all social media platforms. Vibecast, making it possible for you to tell your stories. Now let's continue this conversation. Since you grew up in a colored community, do you remember, did you, did you live the stereotype? Did you see people like... Or most of the dads were good with cars or at least were good with their hands. Right. So absolutely. I think the um, experience was definitely that most of the dads and most of the older boys were mm. were stereotypically colored in the very negative sense of the mm. word, which mm. was mechanics. And not to say there's anything wrong with mm. being a mechanic. Mm. It's an incredible skill. Yeah. I wish I knew how to fix my car now. Right? I know how to um, service mine. <laughs> Live it. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting better at it. How much money I would save. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so a lot of that, a lot of the men and the male role models yeah. were hands-on workers. Right. So whether it was plumbing, mm. uh, mechanics, carpentry, mm. um, and so forth, there it's a skill that. Again, I wish I had now, but definitely was a representation of what the community was built around. Right. Anyone right. who did not do that, like mm-hmm. lawyers, doctors, bankers, mm-hmm. engineers, and so forth, mm-hmm. were outliers. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Did did especially for you who you even had conversations with people saying focus on the graft? Mm-hmm. Did it make you push a little bit harder mm-hmm. so that you are not grouped in a particular box? I think yes, it did, and. Also, one of the things is um, growing up, right? Mm -hmm. I saw my uncles on my mom's side Mm -hmm. um, not doing doing great in life. Right, right. And they fell within that stereotype. Right. And it seemed that they just wasted their lives away. Okay. Right? And then with the uncles on my dad's side, Mm -hmm. for for the majority of them, It was it was a different story, right? Right. So, I think I so I so so growing growing up with with that with mm-hmm. what was said to me earlier mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. and with that experience, I, I I thought to myself, well, I just I can't end up in that box, right? Okay. So I said, by by all means necessary, just you know do what you need to do to get out of that box. Okay. And and I remember some conversations from. Um, so from some of my mom's sisters, mm-hmm. colored women, mm-hmm. who would be talking about their perception of colored men, mm-hmm. and they'd be, they'd be, is it lambasting them? <laughs> they'd be saying all, all mm-hmm. kinds of things about mm-hmm. them, and just saying no, but they, oh, but they're so useless. They never mm-hmm. amount to anything. Really. And so that fueled it. That that was one right. of the things that fueled right. me going hard. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, and I'm, I'll ask now a, an issue about like relationships right so um jason you have talked about you've traveled the different rainbows black white mixed yes. race um was there ever an expectation from your immediate community that you should just stick to absolutely colored? really absolutely and incredibly incredibly controversial but really not necessarily for me because mm-hmm. my tend to be outside the the box, as we've put it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember, particularly for some of the older girls in my family and in mm. my community, some of mm. them, there's two in particular that I mm-hmm. can think about, who at some point dated um, black men. Mm-hmm. And the amount of racist reaction that was received by uh, from the colored community mm. to them mm. was was very surprising. Really? You'd actually be surprised at how, I don't know that it's still true to today, mm. but 
um, how racist the colored, particularly second and third generation colored people mm. can be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Trevor touched on it a little while ago where colored people want to gravita- wanted to gravitate towards more of the white, the white side. side. Mm. And as a result, mm-hmm. I remember a conversation with an older woman. She's she's dead now. She, she would have been like 107 if she was alive. Mm. Um, and she was talking to a group of friends and I about dating. I was mm-hmm. around 13 or 14 at the time. Mm-hmm. And she told us, she says, you can't date black girls. And we're like, why? She says, no, because we're better than that. Right. Now at 13, you don't have the conversation around what do you mean we mm-hmm. are better mm-hmm. than that. Mm-hmm. But that was definitely the tone that carried out in the community. Mm-hmm. And again, because I don't come from a mixed, first generation mixed mm-hmm. background, mm-hmm. Um, and the community was largely colored, mm-hmm. um, that was the tone that was carried out throughout. Mm. So even as I grew older in the teen years and some of my family and friends grew older, both male and female, mm. um, dating outside the colored community was either dating up or dating down. And if you dated up, you dated white, <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe Lebanese. That's true. <laughs> and dating down is dating black. Right. Right. It's but, unfortunate, but, no, but, but yes. So to an extent, right, hearing some of what you've said about how colored communities were built, I can almost see why that was. Because look, there's a racial undertone Mm. there. And already the colonial white was saying black people are beneath us, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And therefore, if you now take these people out um, of the black community and you create your own, but you've still communicated that black is not the acceptable thing. Absolutely. And if you think about the work um, jobs that were available that we touched mm. on earlier, and this is obviously 40, maybe 50 years ago, yeah. um, the categories of jobs available for races were dependent on the lightness of your skin. Yes. So yes. if you're white, you could be a lawyer, a doctor, mm. a banker, mm. and mm. so on. If you were colored, you got the next level jobs yes. where you could be teachers or mm. nurses mm. or mm. mechanics mm. or you know people that would interact with white people and yes. that was okay. Yes. And then if you were black, those jobs were not available yes. to you. Yes. So I think the classes that were created by the society and the governments at mm. the time mm allowed particularly the colored community to identify as being in between. Yeah. Mm, That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. 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 Did you have a similar experience with like relationship? Did anyone ever (laughs) tell you? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Really? My mother, actually. Really? (laughs) Yes. Your mother who was married to a black man. Who was married to a black man. Preferred you to date colored girls? Yeah. Really? And and I think maybe her perception has changed now. I'd like to think that with certain conversations we've yeah, had, certain yeah. sentiments that she's uh, yeah. expressed to me, that's that's changed now. Yeah. But, but you know what? Look, I I I will tell you that I th- sometimes I think we we looking at somebody else, you'll be like, oh, I can't believe they said that. But I I think that um, it goes both ways. Like I I mm. I. I think, I mean, they haven't said it. Oh, and now they can't, right? Because my <laughs> my family, my family, we are now just, you know, the you're swirl. A, you're a multicultural right? family. Yeah, we're at the a multicultural moment. family. But I think I remember going to uni and I think my mother was like, What if she comes back with a white boy? <laughs> right? Because and also because I used to do all these things which were like defiant. Mm. I think the perception was because she's defiant mm-hmm. such that ending up with someone outside my race would can be considered a, a continued act of defiance. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I can almost get why your mother would also say that because look, you almost, you dating a woman that is like her mm-hmm. is also accepting her because imagine right. just bring home this <laughs> black girl. What are you saying? Even though she herself, you know, was with a, with a, with a black man. Yeah, but again, and I think it goes to what yeah. you said, Jason, about familiarity as well, mm-hmm. right? I mm-hmm. think maybe it would be easier, or at least how it was perceived, that it would, it would be easier for you if mm-hmm. you go to what's familiar. I mean, mm-hmm. outside of this, we are better than them mm-hmm. discussion. There's mm-hmm. still this, it's familiar. Mm-hmm. Our cultures are similar. Mm-hmm. Because okay. obviously, you will be bringing, already when you're bringing someone into a family to you know, to join a family. Mm-hmm. It's like a whole different family with a whole different life experience. Now you want true. us to add a cultural investigation Absolutely. and a cultural whatever. Yeah, true, true. So, I mean, I don't know, but I, I, I wonder today what 
Um, so obviously, there's about 10 years between the two of you, yeah, right? Exactly. 10. Yeah. Um, exactly 10. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, for example, for you, Jason, like your friends, what they would say to their children about about dating and similarly for you like what your friends would say because again we were having this discussion a little bit earlier to say we're not seeing a lot of we're not seeing a lot of colored people in a certain yeah age range yeah right so i think so a lot of my friends um without giving away too much of my age their yeah. kids are maybe early pre-teens or early mm. teens yeah and my colored friends mm -hmm. particularly have I guess morphed to a degree either into silence mm -hmm. or into acceptance. I'm okay. hoping acceptance. <laughs> yeah. Um, where it doesn't matter. So mm. there's never mm. been that mm. conversation around, mm. oh, you can't date a black person or mm. a Indian person or a white mm. person, whatever it is. Mm. Um, and there's definitely not within my grouping of friends um, a leveling. So... Mm. We don't see colored people as being a particular social rank or a particular mm -hmm. class rank. Mm -hmm. and Which is how it was back in the day. Exactly. And I think that one of the things that we, we're more interested in is how much money do we have individually? <laughs> Not the person you're dating necessarily, but that's where the focus is rather than the perceived rank based on the color of your skin. Mm, 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 mm. Okay. Okay. Um, I think it's a similar thing for me as well. Yeah. With my my friends, Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. It, it almost never comes up. And and which sometimes, I mean, when I was, like I said, I was thinking about my niece and my nephew and a part of me was like, in 2023, is this a discussion still worth having? Absolutely. So a few weeks ago, um, yeah. I went to a Chilangol Mulilo for a friend of mine, a colored mm -hmm. guy who's marrying a black girl mm -hmm. and his family's colored. Mm -hmm. I was really interested is obviously in the Chilangamalilo, the uh, food was brought for mm -hmm. him. So mm -hmm. I was on the groom side mm -hmm. and all of that. Um, and all his guests, mm -hmm. well, majority of his guests were colored because mm -hmm. his family is all colored. Yes. And yeah, that was a very colored Chilangamalilo. <laughs> I was, I was <laughs> there. there. Yes. Okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> and there was extra food cooked by the groom's family because some of the Groom's family didn't eat traditional Zambian food. Really? And so, yes, the conversation still very much happens. So, mm. like, because sometimes, like, me thinking, is the conversation still having, it worth having? Sometimes my naivety is, like, throughout Lusaka at this point, it's 19 hours, Shima is being cooked from <laughs> the north to the south and from the east to the west, and everybody has... They may not like it, but they've eaten finkobala before. They may not like it, but they eat mm. chibwabwa, for example. So, and and they didn't they didn't even cook it from the perspective of we don't know how much food is being brought. So no, it was really? very much coloured food, if I can call it that. And I know we talked about it before we started yeah. recording, and what is coloured food and what isn't and stuff. Mm -hmm. But in a coloured home, you would mm. have maybe. Chicken curry, that mm. tends to be mm. quite common. Mm. And everybody has a recipe or like mm. um, yellow rice of some variety mm. or biryani, mm. depending on whether you have some Indian influence in mm. your mm. in your colored lineage. Yeah. Um, so it was very much that type of food. So it wasn't quite a, from the perspective of they may not bring enough. But I also mm. don't think it was from the perspective of disrespect. Right. No, and, and that's the thing. But I think it's, it's, it's sometimes... It was the acknowledgement that it's still two cultures, though. Yes. Right, and and again, at the same time, you you like I said, sometimes you think, oh, everybody has now moved on from these boxes and these, mm. but at the same time, should we then not acknowledge that we may have moved from the boxes, but maybe we just have more boxes now, mm. other than That's just the black, the white. We actually have black, white, colored, and all these others. They may have started out not as a box, but they are a box because cultures have been absolutely built and experiences mm. have been had. And just because we were used to black or white, we were forgetting that this other box was actually growing in generation and experience and building mm. um, cultures and practices which yep. are actually... Um, going on still being followed today yeah yeah, yeah. 
So it's really interesting because when you asked Trevor about whether mm-hmm. he would follow traditional marriage mm-hmm. ceremonies and mm-hmm. stuff, and then and he said no. Yeah. Um, and th- I think that that's really Im- important from the conversation as to what do we do moving forward as yeah. a mixed yes. community and as yes. a mixed world. If Trevor, as a mixed person, won't mm-hmm. have a traditional uh, wedding, but wants his kids to recognize his father's mm. tradition, then... Mm. What are you saying, Trevor? It's like, what is Trevor's <laughs> yeah. culture? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I guess to the point of your niece and nephew, in yeah. the next 20 years, um, what is their culture? Will yeah. they have Chilangamalilo if that's where their lives end up? I, I, I do wonder because, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it's. I think it's sometimes you think, oh, no, we don't have to think about it, but maybe we do. And sometimes I think in marriage, in certain parts of, you know, life events mm-hmm. is where we have to now ask, like, what is, mm-hmm. right? So you are saying you wouldn't have a traditional. Yeah, so. so Or your fa- or maybe we say your father's traditions. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't go for your father. Your, but maybe let me ask this question. If you ended up with a Zambian girl mm-hmm. and they wanted you to go through the process, what I'd, would I'd you? Be op- I'd be open to doing it. So, really? So yeah. So when I say I, 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 I don't see myself doing it. Right. Yeah. It's it's more from the perspective of, it's not a must. It's not mandatory. Right. But if I find myself doing it, yeah. then I'll do it. Okay. And gladly so. I embrace it. Really? Yeah. And 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 Jason, would you find that if if you were being told, oh no, but there is this. In our culture, and you know, I will tell you, <laughs> Zambians when they believe that their culture is a culture, like it's a, and and sometimes I'm even like, your tribe doesn't originally even do this. Like, why are you pushing this agenda? <laughs> it's our culture. But if you found yourself in that, where would you think you would swing? Yeah, so that's really difficult. Um, the difficulty is more because it's not my culture. Yes. Yes. Um, rather than it's a conflict with culture. Right. Um, so it, I'd probably like Trevor, I'd probably just accept it for the purpose of the getting, getting on with it. it. Mm. Um, but I guess it depends on on what the thing is. So yeah. I do yeah. know that within certain um, Zambian uh, tribe cultures, mm. um, male children are circumcised. Mm. And in certain cultures, they're not. Mm. Mm. And if I were to have a male child, mm. I don't know where I would swing. Mm. And I don't know that culture would influence that, mm. but that's more material a issue for me right. than, for example, having a Chilanga Mulilo. Mm, mm, having mm. a Chilanga Mulilo is a cultural event that gives value to uh, the person who wants to have it, and mm. I respect that. Mm. But if my child with a Zambian woman mm. um, is been compelled to a circumcision before they have a choice, mm. then I don't know that my positioning will be to accept the culture because it is right 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 okay okay and that's interesting and maybe to lead me to the question is having dated different races was there a race that was just easier to get along with yes I won't ask. I will. I won't ask which one. Yes. (laughs) Also, yes. I think yes. Really? Yeah, I think yes, but. From, not so as I've, a person, but as a race. <laughs> yeah, because oh. I mean, as a race, because you know, you have People encountered crazy girls that have, she mustn't yes, dead, have, You know, yeah. I have. So yes, I think there's been there's been one that's that stood out. <laughs> <laughs> one race that just easier. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. That's. I mean, because sometimes we feel like we can't answer the question, right? Because you you feel like mm, if I answer the question. Is it a betrayal of particularly when it's not your own? Mm. Is it is it a betrayal of mm. of of my own race? Well, thankfully you haven't asked which one. So no, no, no. Cool. So no, 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 no. I haven't. Yeah. I don't. Um, int- I I'll, and, and, I will curiously wonder. Yeah, and I think the thing is, I think though that with the, and it's not to say that any that any others, right? Right. What, whichever, whatever races they are, weren't yeah. were, were difficult to get along. Yes. With, right. Um, because. I think living in modern times now, everyone's able to, you know, we've got a certain way that things flow, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Irrespective of which race you come from. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's it's generally easier across the board. But mm-hmm. yes, there was one where yeah, I think, you know, you felt like, okay, I think this, 
I think this just... It's just more peaceful. I think this just does it, yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. And perhaps it's the 10 years that I have on yes. you. Yeah. Um, I like the 10 years that you have on me. <laughs> I do. The, for me, the, the answer was influenced not necessarily by the individual, but yeah. by my experience within <clears throat> the wider grouping within that race. Right. So, for example, dealing with friends. Mm. Um, and more particularly, when the relationships were serious, dealing mm. with family, family. members. Mm. So yes, do you go true, into this person's family home? Mm. How do you behave yes. in that home? Yes. That, that, yes, and, and, I'd and, say and you that, say this as guys. You should, you, girls. <laughs> that, do you know what you hear? Think, did you eat? And they're <laughs> like, yes. Why? Yeah, that that too. Although, and, and maybe it's 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 the 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 girls I've dated, right? Mm. They've, mm. they've 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 come from. I'd like to say, think very modern families, okay. but there have been a few. Mm. Um, say if it's um, Arab girls, because mm. I have dated a, mm. a few, uh, one mm-hmm. or two Arab girls, and or. Even if it's black girls, right? Mm, mm. Where sometimes you see um, a bit of, I guess, hes- hesitation, mm-hmm. where you mm. think, "Oh, but there shouldn't be any hesitation right. when mm. this is happening." Right, right. So, so yes, I I agree with um, with Jason's point. Okay, okay, all right. So I I feel I feel more comforted. I think um, my two little people because I've truly I truly wonder they'll right? grow up lacquer <laughs> <laughs> just, just tell the vibe <laughs> go for community <laughs> you'll be okay <laughs> but I think you, the, the conversation I had ahead of this talking yeah. to uh, one of my friends who is mixed race in yeah. the traditional sense of yeah. black and white yeah um she is now in her 30s late 30s mm-hmm. and she she explains over the years mm. has explained how difficult it was for her to identify because mm. she didn't identify as colored so she mm-hmm. didn't have the the option that uh, trevor had of right. identifying more with his mother's yes. side yes yes and she didn't identify as white and didn't identify as black Mm. Um, so she really struggled with her cultural and personal identity. And I can imagine that that's the experience, right? But especially, like I said, I think growing up, I was always told like, oh, you know, colored people because they're not black and they're not white. Mm. They're just mm. a bit lost. And I used to, first I used to be like. Where, if you're so offended. Where did, yeah. <laughs> where, where, where did she grow up? Did she grow up here? So or? she grew up here in South Africa and in the UK. She lives in South Africa at the moment. And oddly, her worst mm-hmm. experience was in South Africa. But it would be, right? Yeah. Because of some of what their racial history has been. Absolutely. And the colored community, she says, um, did attempt to take her in and mm-hmm. make her one of their own. But, but then she just stood out. She stood out because she didn't feel like she identified. So whereas right. you, Trevor, had the experience of having lived with a colored parent, mm. she didn't. She so lived with n- a, oh. none of the colored experiences existed for her. Mm. So I, I and 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 I think I I can, I can almost empathize with that because imagine. Already you are like, okay, I'm not like my mom. I'm not like my dad. And then these people are like, oh, no, you're us. Come. And then you're like, I'm no. Not like you. Come, 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 come. <laughs> no, like, no, actually, I, I, I am not. So you almost feel like I'm not this, I'm not this, but I'm also not this. Mm. So I can imagine that, yes, you you would struggle with um, sort of where you identify. Yeah. But I suppose then I wonder... Um, obviously, we can't speak for her. Like what her family setting sort of pushed more. Right. Well, I know that her family's uh, parents are still together. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And I don't know what their Christmases look like. Mm. No one in her family has yet gotten married. So right. I don't know if they will have any traditional marriages. Mm. And I think those type of things would demonstrate where they push towards. Right. Because I know my parents used to have this couple um, a white guy and a black woman. And the woman is the one who used to be like, oh, no, no, no. By the way, I switch. And I, now I know it's code switching. She's like, oh, no, when I'm with my husband's side, <laughs> I act appropriately. Mm. But when I'm on my own family's side, mm. I do the same thing. And my children must do the same thing. Mm. Meaning when I, they're with like... I saw my mom doing that. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, she used to. Yeah, she used to code switch. Yeah, like when... and And... And um, I had a conversation with someone else 
who as a black girl was saying she felt like in those instances um a a the, a, a colored person should be forced well forced is the strong word but inclined more to have um a black experience because that's the one that comes with hardship right externally right so like if you reconcile your black side you'll be good you'll be good because like your white side is easier easy to to deal with but and i mean i i Please yeah. let your friend listen to this podcast. She I can will. she can follow us on Instagram and Facebook and maybe and I'll drop ask a her comment. To vote. Yeah, of course. Please vote. <laughs> please send me the link. Please vote. <laughs> Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I I I I mean that's honestly that's an interesting experience. And I suppose it's one of those things where you can can you I mean, and you never had the conversation, Jason, but about like you know, mom, dad, look at you, look at me. Mm-hmm. But like you, you did Trevor. And I wonder whether there are still these undertones, particularly for people who have this mixed racial and cultural experience. Because right. now I'm beginning to see that it's not just a racial mm-hmm. experience. It's actually also Culture. a cultural experience. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Um. So... <sighs> Like I said, I think I feel, I feel a little bit better, but then now your last statement, <laughs> your last point about your friend, it just makes me worry like, oh God, no, maybe we need, do we, do we talk about it? Do we be like, listen, so, little boy, uh-huh. <laughs> you have both these experiences and both these cultures. I mean, your dad doesn't live in Zambia, but sometimes he thinks he's really Zambian. He's not. I mean. And I think you, I, I don't know the answer because I don't have the kids or have that experience, yeah, but I yeah. think it's probably necessary to have that conversation because yeah. if the mixed race children, black parent, white parent are mm. growing up outside of Zambia, like yeah. your niece or nephew is, yeah. they will invariably grow up as black. Mm. Mm. but not black in the sense of necessarily Zambia black. Yes. And then if they came back to Zambia, they wouldn't be black. Yes. Cultural yes. shock. Yes. So, and imagine the shock. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then here you've got people, oh, <laughs> oh the fairness of his skin. <laughs> he should be doing this. He Yo. should be doing that. Okay. I mean, okay. All right. I, I feel better, but not but better. <laughs> well, better informed. I feel, yes, I feel better informed. And I think sometimes that's what this podcast tries to do, right? Is to, like in case the conversation needs to be had, here's the kickstart. Absolutely. For you. Mm-hmm. Like um, in the event that your friend needs to speak to her parents about it, it, it would be a great start to send them a link to the podcast so they can be like, so I, that podcast I sent you. <laughs> I have stuff to get off my chest <laughs> because sometimes it's the starting of the conversation. And I mean, there was three-year-old Trevor sitting between his his poor parents doing a little, skin, <laughs> let's hold skin, hands and have a kumbaya moment. But it's also a thing for a 30-year-old who has internalized the struggle but hasn't had Absolutely. the conversation that you know, needed to be had. Also, maybe not knowing that you can go to your dad, your white dad or your, your black dad and say, you know, as a mixed race child. This is my experience. This yeah. is where I'm at. This yeah, because, yeah, sometimes we don't, we just don't talk about it. Absolutely. Right? So thank you so much for for coming. I always ask um, guests before they leave, if they had the ears of everyone, what they would like to say. But see, I bombarded you with these um, topics and <laughs> comments. <laughs> I don't even know what your closing remarks would be if you wanted to have any. Trevor, you got any? Um, I don't say I, go for <laughs> no, 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 for sure, no. No, I, uh, my closing remarks would be, I think, I think, whoever you are, wherever you come from, um, be proud of, be proud of what you are, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that over that I've been able to do over the years, I think, is to look at both the um, colored side and black side of my mm-hmm. family and be proud of that, and then. Mm-hmm combine that and for me that forms my identity right so while you know i think i and and in terms of like what i identify as i identify as um a a proud bemba colored man i guess 
<laughs> doesn't speak <laughs> Bimba. Doesn't, unfortunately. <laughs> but but that, that should change with time. That should change with time. So, yeah, wherever you come from, just embrace it and, yeah, love yourself. It's very He's deep. He's being right? deep, baby. Very deep. Get a Trevor in deep is not just <laughs> Very deep. This podcast. It's, for the, od- it's for the audience. It's for the audience. <laughs> we need to bring you back. We need podcast. to bring him back. You know, we no, we just need to walk around with a mic. <laughs> so he accesses his deep Now, side. let's throw a camera in as well. Next time. <laughs> no, no. We're not ready for cameras. Yeah. yeah. Now, I think Trevor said it all. I mean, yeah. the only thing I would say is that mm-hmm. in the event this podcast does reach the ears of people who have questions. Yeah. Bring us back. We That's what we like here. We like part two. If anyone needs their car serviced. <laughs> call Trevor. Don't reach call out me. to Trevor. <laughs> reach out to Trevor, please. Uh, you're still learning you. I don't know. You haven't embraced that side. <laughs> I've been learning from my uncle, actually. One of my uncles on my mom's side. <laughs> No, gentlemen, thank you so much for coming through to Kachi Hande, the award-nominated podcast. Yes, Where we have conversations we're too scared to have. Please remember to follow us on Instagram and on Facebook. Please share the link with everyone. Keep the conversations um, happening. And please don't be scared to have those conversations that are scary. They're absolutely necessary. Great. Thanks for having us on. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Kachihande. Please make sure you subscribe on Anchor, Google, and Apple Podcast. Like and follow our Facebook page, Kachihande, to keep the conversation flowing. Share it with your friends, your family, your colleagues, and everyone around you. It's time we have those conversations we're too scared to have.